0: He paid it all upon the cross No longer bound by sin or with eternal loss He took my sin, washed it away When I was immersed in that watery grave I heard that gospel call because He paid it all Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Been There, Read That podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Batty, and as always, this program is brought to you, that's right, you guessed it, christianresearcher.com. If you haven't been over there, please check it out. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, uh, please do so and share it with your friends and family members if you enjoy it, so that we can help spread the program. This week, I want to talk to you about Bible surveys and Bible theologies. So I'll give you a little bit of background on On why I've decided to do this. I was having a Bible study last night with a good friend of mine, and we've been reading through James E. Smith's book, Preaching Values in the Bible, where Smith's given a bunch of advice on how to preach, uh, what type of sermons to get up, and how to develop those type of sermons. In his first couple chapters, he's teaching about teaching the big picture of the Bible. And he was suggesting that at least once a year you give a basic sermon where you cover the scope of the Bible's layout. And he gave a number of different ways that you could do that, some better than others. But he got uh, a good discussion going with me and my buddy, and he said, you know, one of the questions my buddy asked was, how do you build the information and knowledge of being able to teach that type of a sermon, determining kind of what to include and what not to include? And you know, I don't know that there's a science to it, but I want to share with you some thoughts that help with building that big picture view in your mind and helping you communicate that to others. I think that's really important. And I would agree with Smith. I think at least once a year we need a big picture sermon of the whole Bible because we can get focused in on some of the smaller parts of the Bible that we forget the whole. My brother Ron Quarter puts it this way when he says that we know a lot of Bible stories but do we know the story of the Bible? And we have to keep that story of the Bible. First of all, we have to learn it, and then we have to keep it in front of our minds as we study individual books and smaller portions of God's Word. And so I want to challenge you to take time on a yearly basis to view the Bible as a whole. And that's where Bible surveys and biblical theologies come into play, and so we want to talk about those in today's episode. Now, one thing that one author taught recently that I thought was very helpful, he said, you know, when you get a new convert, this new convert most likely has very little knowledge about the Bible at all, and so you tell them that they need to read their Bible. Well, it it becomes frustrating because if they start reading in the New Testament, there's a lot of Old Testament references that they don't catch on to. And then if they start reading in the Old Testament, on the other hand, they can get burnt out when they get to books like Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They don't see the relevance, and they're asking, what does this mean for my life as a Christian? And so we have this difficulty with them in teaching the Bible because they don't have any background with the Bible whatsoever, and they need to have a glimpse. They need to have a structure of what's going on. And that's where we need to be able to provide in our teaching a structure, a big picture view of the Bible. One thing this author stated was that whenever you get a new convert, you should probably give them a copy of a good children's Bible story book and have them read that because they could read that in about an hour or less. And it's giving the basic structure of the Bible in very simple terms that even a child can understand. And just having that very basic knowledge would be extremely helpful to new converts to give them some frame of reference as they begin studying the New Testament. And it will kind of tide them over. Now, certainly we want them to move past that, but it's a good help, uh, a starter kit, if you will, to get them enough background so that they can start working with building their Bible knowledge in general. So I thought that was a really helpful piece of advice, and I wanted to share that with you as we got started today. Now, beyond that basic, basic approach, we have uh, two forms of books in, that cover the Bible. We have surveys of the Bible, and that falls into three categories, really. We have surveys of the Old Testament, surveys of the New Testament, and surveys of the entire Bible. And in today's episode, we're going to predominantly focus on surveys of the Old Testament. We'll do another episode soon where we do surveys of the New Testament. After we talk surveys today, we're going to deal with theologies of the Old Testament. Basically, a theology of the Old Testament is a survey on steroids. And having said that, obviously, theologies are not for introductory, beginner, or intermediate students, they're for very advanced students. And so, kind of keep that in mind as we go along. As with all books, whenever you choose to read them, you need to know some uh, information about the author and the background of the book so that you know if it's worthwhile to read or not. And so I'm going to provide you with some suggestions on authors and books and stuff, but there's a few things that I think are key, important to choosing a good survey at whatever level we're talking about. We need to know, first of all, that the person that's writing the survey believes in a full inspiration of Scripture. That's a really important. There's a lot of surveys, there's a lot of religious material out there that are written by people who have no regard for the Bible whatsoever, and as a result, they're going to begin teaching that the Bible is disjointed, disconnected, it's a hodgepodge full of mistakes, shoved together, crammed together. There's no concept of inspiration whatsoever. It's not just that they have a light view of inspiration. They don't believe inspiration exists at all. That becomes very problematic, and so the guys that I'm going to recommend to you believe in full inspiration of the Bible. Now having said that, you also have to consider the background of the writer. Are they from a restoration background, in other words, Church of Christ type of a background, where we would share the the beliefs in salvation and basic things such as worship and whatnot? Are they from a reformed background? Uh, in other words, a Presbyterian or Baptist background, there's still a lot of good information put out by Reformed writers, but we have to recognize that we're probably going to disagree with them in regard to salvation and uh, things such as covenant theology, possibly. Then you need to also ask, if, especially if they're from a, a Reformed type of background, are they a dispensationalist? Because dispensationalists are going to have a skewed view very much so in the New Testament, but even in the Old Testament quite a bit as well, and so we need to have that working background. And then after you've assessed who the author is, you need to kind of assess the level of reading that the book's at, because if you're not prepared to read a theology, for instance, there's no purpose in buying it and doing that work. There's It takes quite a while of build up before you get to the level where you're ready to read a theology of the Bible. So with those thoughts in mind, I want to share with you some Authors and books, t- book titles that are very helpful in building the big picture view and helping you teach that for, to others. With the children's storybook, you're taking a one shot approach at it, but with Bible surveys, they're providing tons of material that can help you teach a big picture of the view on many different levels. You can give a basic introduction sermon. You can build layers upon layers upon that. You can give introduction to individual books of the Bible. And some of these biblical surveys, they're scanning the whole swath of the Old Testament at one time. Others are going book by book and giving you introductions to the book, or they're doing sections at a time. And all of those different approaches are helpful. That's why I would say that one survey isn't all-encompassing or that you can just read one survey and you've read them all, I think this is a particular area in your library that you need to dedicate at least five or six titles to so that you can build yourself a well-rounded introduction and on a yearly basis read at least one biblical survey to help us with that big picture and to keep it constantly before our minds. One of my A couple of my favorite recommendations for biblical surveys are, number one, an introduction to biblical studies by James E. Smith. Now, this isn't strictly an introduction or a Bible survey of the Old Testament. Uh, The first half of it is, is more about the Bible and how we got the Bible and some key things we need to keep in mind about the Bible. But the second half is a survey of the biblical time periods of the Bible, and that's extremely helpful material it's one of my all-time favorite books, one of my top recommendations because it's a very safe read. He's coming from a restoration background. It's written on a level that I believe most any Bible student can pick up and they can they can work through the material. For some it's going to be super easy, for others it's going to be a little bit more challenging, but regardless of whether you're beginning, intermediate, or advanced, I think it's a book that you need to read because it will not you'll not only learn things from it, but it will teach you how to teach the Bible. Very, very helpful research there. Another really good one, this has been recommended all through the years uh, by gospel preachers, is The Heart of Hebrew History by H.I. Hester. This is going to give you a really good survey of the history of God's people in the Old Testament. Outstanding material. This is a cheap book. You can probably get this for about 10 bucks shipped to you. Very well worth the time, well written, well researched, a good introductory level read on the Old Testament. Another one that I really enjoy reading is called A Popular Survey of the Old Testament by Norman Geisler. Now, Norman Geisler is from a Reformed ish type of background, and he is also uh, a little bit on the dispensational side, so I give it with those two caveat warnings, but by and large, you don't have to deal with that st- stuff very much in this because it's a general survey of the Old Testament. I think he does a good job with some uh, basic teaching principles, some structure, and you're going to learn some things from this. I wouldn't make this my first read, but if I'm looking at introductory reads on the Old Testament, I think this one definitely has to make the list. Another one from a Church Christ background is from Creation to the Day of Eternity by Homer Haley. Now, Homer Haley's name might ring a bell to you. Uh, he's a Church Christ preacher who's now dead. Uh, he, he's a really good writer. He writes on a level, especially in this volume, that I think your average reader can pick up and understand and find enjoyable. Like Smith's book, it's not strictly a survey of the Bible. He gives you the big swath picture of Bible history. It's not exclusive to the Old Testament, does deal with New Testament as well. And then about I don't know, two-thirds of the way through, he starts to focus in on more of the church and do more of what we would call a systematic theology, which we'll talk about in the future. But the first you know, half or two-thirds of the books is a survey of the Bible, and there's quite a bit of helpful, teachable material that goes along with what we're talking about today. So those four volumes are a really good start on some introductory material to the Bible. Another little book that you might check out is Halley's Bible Handbook, that's a really cheap book. You can pick it up at half-price books for probably like three or four bucks, and it gives you a wide swath of information about uh, the history of God's people, the history of the Old Testament, the survey of the New Testament, uh, little studies along the way. Super, super handy little book to have in mind. Not strictly a survey of the Bible per se, but really helpful and similar in scope. So those five I would, I would highly recommend. For introductory type studies. So let's talk now about the intermediate level. Again, this is not where I would begin my studies, but once you've read several introductory works, you're ready to take that up another notch, uh, challenge yourself with some more challenging material. And my number one recommend in this area would be Jason DeRucci's book, What the Old Testament Authors Really Cared About. Okay, to To teachers, congregational teachers, if you're wanting some really good thought-provoking material to teach a survey of the Old Testament, DeRucci's book, what the Old Testament authors really cared about, is a must, in my opinion. It is worth the price of the books for the charts alone. He has fantastic charts scattered throughout his book, really, really good Graphical helps along the way. The second thing about it that I love is he teaches an introduction to the Tanakh arrangement of the Old Testament. The Tanakh arrangement is quite different from what we have in our Bibles, which is based off of the Septuagint arrangement of the Old Testament. And the Tanakh arrangement, you need to get introduced to that. You need to understand the differences between the Tanakh arrangement and the arrangement we have in our Bibles, understand the strengths and weaknesses of each. And understand the the picture that's being painted all together. Uh, one of the strengths about DeRucci's book as well is that each chapter is written by a different author. He's the general editor and he also writes some of the chapters, but he's piecemealed it out to different writers. That means that some of the chapters are going to be better than others, but there is a good unified whole to the work. And this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful read. Uh, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed going through this book, and I've I've taken several groups of young men through the book as well, and they have all enjoyed it and benefited from it immensely, and it's even been used in several congregations that I know of as a basis or a study guide to help them do congregational teaching. Wonderful resource. Uh, Another intermediate read that I would recommend is Old Testament Survey by Paul House, Paul House believes in the full inspiration of the Bible. He's really good with painting the big picture and connecting the dots along the way. You will definitely learn something by having read House. A House is a historic premillennialist, and that's a lot better than being a dispensationalist. So the dispensationalist thinks that the church was a mistake, basically, in a nutshell. And a a historic premillennialist believes that the church was put there on purpose and everything was looking forward to the church age. He just believes that one day when the Lord returns he'll reign for a thousand years on this earth in a literal physical reign. I disagree with that, but he doesn't have a skewed perception of the Old Testament and the purposes of Israel like a dispensationalist will have. And so I give you those caveats about him, but Paul How's a pretty good guy, especially in the Old Testament. You will learn things from him. Another guy that's written on the Old Testament is J. Daniel Hayes. He wrote a book called The Message of the Prophets. So this is a survey of the prophets in the Old Testament, not the Old Testament as a whole, just the prophets. And though he is a progressive dispensationalist, which makes the traditional dispensationalists hate him, he's still not a good guy in that regard, but he intentionally leaves out a discussion of eschatology in this book. So I say that to say this. Other books that Hayes has written, probably not going to be as helpful. Uh, Probably going to have a lot of baggage with them. But in this particular book, I thought this was really well done. It's laid out uh, like a textbook, as is Jason Derucci's book. And it has a lot of really good, helpful things to learn about how to interpret the prophets, the, the style of literature that it is. Really, really good and helpful materials. Um, this book in particular, you can get an audio version on audible.com. If you've never used Audible and you think you might like to you know, listen to a book rather than reading a book, this is one of your options. You can get a free trial version of Audible, download and listen to his book. That's how uh, I was first introduced to his book. Um, one book that has been recommended to me that I have not read, and I'm putting this name out there or this, this title out there in case some of my listeners have read this book. I'd like to get your feedback, because I've been recommended this by other writers who I respect quite a bit, and therefore I'm very interested in reading. I just haven't found the time yet. It's on my massive skyward pile of need-to-read material, but it's a book called The Faith of Israel by William J. Dumbrell. I'm a little bit familiar with Dumbrell. I've enjoyed some of what he's written. This comes highly recommended by Peter Gentry, who's an author I've really enjoyed reading on the Old Testament in particular, and so I think it's going to be a good book. I can't tell you officially if it is, but if you have read it and you can give me some feedback, I would be very grateful for that. If you want to kind of take it up another step, uh, kind of a a moderate intermediate level or an advanced intermediate level, I would suggest uh, James E. Smith's five-volume survey of the Old Testament. Now most people view Smith's set as a commentary series. And it is, but it's not. It's actually an advanced survey. And so sometimes people get frustrated because when they pick up Smith, he's doing a sections at a time of the Old Testament rather than a verse by verse analysis. And on one hand it gives you Uh, less information than you want, but if you realize it's a survey and you read it as a survey, it's going to be very adequate and successful. This is a fantastic set of books to have. Uh, If you're going to own one single set of books on the Old Testament, and you want kind of a general survey slash commentary, this is your set. It should be read as a survey, but it can also be used as a commentary set. Excellent, outstanding Set of books. You can get those through College Press. Occasionally, we have used sets of them for sale, so you might contact us. We can get you a better price on them. But uh, sometimes we we run out of those. Another set that I've I've dealt with the first volume on the Pentateuch and really enjoyed it is called the Exploring the Old Testament set. If I'm not mistaken, this may be put out by Zondervan, uh, but. Gordon J. Winham did the volume on the Pentateuch. That's the one that I've dealt with. And I've really enjoyed that. It's kind of an intermediate level read. has a lot of good graphics and sidebars and side charts. It's, um, it's a little frustrating when you read through on one hand because there's so many different areas of information that are being thrown at you that you can get sidetracked and you can not make it through your reading. But it is a wealth of material for an intermediate style of read. I haven't dealt with the other volumes in that series, but if they're as good as the first one, it certainly warrants getting the set. Again, it's not what I would get as a first purchase. My first purchase would be DeRucci's book, what the Old Testament authors really cared about. Uh, After that, I would go with uh, Paul House and James E. Smith's set, and then you want to focus in maybe on the Prophets, get J. Daniel Hayes. Uh, Maybe after that, get a William J. Dumbrell, and then maybe you can consider, again, the Exploring the Old Testament set. Now, when we start talking about advanced studies of a survey of the Old Testament, that's where we get into what's called a theology of the Old Testament. And as I stated earlier, a theology of the Old Testament is kind of like the Old Testament on steroids. And what they're trying to do is show you what is the purpose of the Old Testament. And they'll generally point out some major themes and try to begin tracing those themes throughout the Bible and giving you some really... Um, thought-provoking, challenging, certainly, concepts to keep in mind as you try to conceptualize the depths of the whole Old Testament in a big-picture sort of view. Okay, Two guys that I think are good reads on this. This doesn't mean that they're perfect. They come from a Reformed background. They are going to have some baggage. But again, this is for advanced readers, not your introductory or your intermediate levels, this is for your really good Bible students, and I think it is challenging, well worth the read. Uh, these titles are very bland. They're, you, you'll understand what I mean when I say this, okay? The first one's written by Bruce Waltke, and it's called simply Old Testament Theology. I know that's really creative there, but that's what it's called. Old Testament Theology by Bruce Waltke. And then Paul House, who also wrote an introduction or a survey of the Old Testament that I mentioned earlier, he's written an Old Testament theology, and guess what it's called? It's called Old Testament theology as well. Uh, then you can get into a couple of mixed bags. Uh, John Selhammer, he wrote uh, a theology of the Old Testament, and guess what it's called? It's called Old Testament theology. <laughs> you might start catching on that this this is just kind of a common title that everybody works off of. Um Bruce Waltke and Paul House are both full inspiration of the Bible, guys. They are very provocative in their thoughts. They're challenging. They're going to point out a lot of things you haven't paid attention to before. That doesn't mean that they're going to be right on everything by any means, but they are well worth the read. With Brother Ron's analogy, there's chicken and bones. There's definitely more chicken than bone, though there are going to be bones in their writing. Uh, Cellhammer... is a bit of a mixed bag, but he does have some good concepts of how the Old Testament fits together. That's really his strength, his wheelhouse. He is not who I would read first off by any means, but uh, he is someone that you might consider way down the road. Another guy that's a mixed bag, but even uh, less useful than Cellhammer, is a, theologi- a theological interpretation of the Old Testament by Kevin Van Hoosier. Um, You know, I'm not going to give him a high recommendation. It's out there. I mention his name simply for the fact that you may come across his name, and you may wonder, huh, I wonder if this guy is any good. Um, I would say don't waste your money. He's a mixed bag at best. There's probably some things that you could learn there, but he's not going to be certainly a Waltke or a House or other guys along the way. I do want to mention two bad guys. Sellhammer and Van Hoosier are mixed bags, but these two guys are bad guys. Uh, John Goldengay, he's written a theology of the Old Testament. Go figure, that's the title. And Gerhard Gerhard von Rad, uh, he's also written uh, an Old Testament theology. Both of those guys are bad guys. They don't believe in the full inspiration of the Bible. They don't believe that. Uh, at least Goldengay doesn't believe that the Old Testament has any prefigurements of Jesus. They don't. He doesn't believe in messianic prophecy in the Old Testament. Um, he is quoted a lot. You'll see his name a lot if you start looking at books, but he is a bad guy, and you just stay away from him. Total, total, absolute waste of money, and the same thing goes for Von Rad. Uh, Von Rad is a higher criticism guy. Uh, he's all the time trying to show that the Bible is not inspired. I don't know why guys waste their time, waste their efforts in their life Writing these kind of books, but they do, and you need to be aware of them and be at, that they're out there so that you can avoid the dangers and the perils that come with them. Okay, in a lot of survey books of the Bible, you have individual books addressed and surveyed as a part. Uh, not all of them do that, but a lot of them do that. When you're talking about theology of the Old Testament, they don't go book by book per se most of the time. They're just trying to give you a really in-depth big picture view overall. But there are there's another kind of slice of the pie that does a theology of individual books. Okay, so you might have a theology of Genesis or a theology of Exodus, and it's trying to show you what is the root issues at stake within that book. Theologies of particular books are really helpful because as you read through the book, sometimes recurring themes don't jump out at you, and you don't understand sometimes the flow of the argument that is being presented by the biblical writer. And so a theology of a particular book is trying to show you the big picture view of that book, the main themes, the main points, the transitions, the structure, things along that line. So, I really enjoy, in my personal studies, finding a good theology of a particular book so I can get my mind wrapped around the book before I get into doing a verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study throughout the book, doing my exposition to kind of have a a good background, a big-picture view. Um, There's a series of books that's put out by InterVarsity Press entitled, New Studies in Biblical Theology. I really have enjoyed this series. All of the books have been very, very well written. Uh, By the title, New Studies in Biblical Theology, biblical theology is much broader than what we're talking about today, but I do want to uh, introduce you to a couple of titles that appear within this series because they kind of fall within the scope of what we are addressing today. Within this series, there's a few of the volumes that focus in on individual books, typically within the Old Testament, and they give you a theology of that book, and then they show you how that book is connected to the rest of the Old Testament, and then the New Testament as well. That's why it's called a biblical theology, because they're not just focused about the book itself, they're also thinking of that book in relation to the rest of the Bible, thus the term biblical theology. However, they do a really good job presenting a theology of a particular book in order that they can provide the biblical theology view. So having said that, there's three volumes within this series that you need to become familiar with that I think are really well worth reading, though these, like the theologies that I've already talked about, are not your beginner introduction or intermediate reads. These are challenging reads. In fact, I'll share the story with you. One of the ones, the first one I'll talk about, is a book on Leviticus. It's a th- biblical theology of Leviticus called "Who Shall Ascend the Mountain of the Lord" by M- Michael Morales. Now, this is either the number one or the number two book that I have read this year, and the reason I, I can't decide is because I'm currently reading a book called "According to Luke" by David Gooding, which may dis, uh, it may knock, um. Morales' book off the top tier. When I read Morales, I thought, I'm not going to read a better book than this this year, but Gooding's book may be better. Anyway, I really, really enjoyed this. I took a group of guys through this book, and they enjoyed it. They learned a lot from it. It was very challenging. And when we picked up Gooding's book and started doing our next study, uh, one of the brethren replied to me. He says, you know what I enjoyed about Gooding today? I didn't have to pick up a dictionary and learn 18 new words so I could understand what's going on. And he chuckled about that, and I laughed, and I said, are you trying to say that Morales was was kind of difficult? He said, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty challenging. And I will admit that it was a challenging book. Um, challenges come at different levels for different Bible students. I recognize that. And so, uh, though that brother thought it was extremely challenging, I thought it was... A uh, moderate high type of a challenge. Another guy may come along, uh, you know, a really advanced older Bible student may come along and think this is just a moderate style read. I'm gonna, I'm gonna advise you that this is pretty heavy reading material, but well worth the time. Uh, he does a really good job of placing Leviticus within the scope of the Pentateuch as a whole, and then focusing on its role within the Pentateuch and then the book within the rest of the Bible. But his material on the layout, the structure, the teaching, big picture view of Leviticus in particular, is absolutely fantastic. It makes the book come to life. I learned a tremendous amount from it, way more than I've learned from general surveys of the Old Testament or other theologies in the Old Testament. So I highly recommend Who Shall Ascend the Mountain of the Lord by Michael Moraleson. Hopefully in the near future, I'm going to get one of the guys that did that study with me to do a, a An interview with me on this podcast, so we can do kind of an in-depth review of that book. I'll name two others from this series. There's one on the Book of Deuteronomy I'm currently reading by J. Gary Millar. It's called Now Choose Life, and I have thoroughly enjoyed this book so far. And it's really making the book come to life. Again, this is a challenging read, so it's not necessarily a book you can recommend to to beginning intermediate students. But if you're an advanced student and you're wanting to Be challenged some more in the Old Testament. Definitely pick up J. Gary Millar's Now Choose Life, part of the New Studies in Biblical Theology set by InterVarsity Press. Then a third and final one, and I've advertised this on my website some before in the past, is it's a theology of Proverbs, Job's, and Ecclesiastes in one volume. It's called Finding Favor in the Sight of God by Richard P. Belcher, Jr., That name may ring a bell if you've been listening to the program, because I read recently and did an interview with uh, Jamie Thompson on Belcher's commentary on the uh, book of Genesis. Uh, He's a really good writer. This is certainly a much more challenging read than his Genesis commentary is, but of the three, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and now this wisdom literature, this is definitely the easier of the three to read. Uh, His section on Ecclesiastes is not particularly helpful, but his Proverbs and Job is very helpful. In fact, the Proverbs material is well worth the price of the book. So I throw those out there, and this kind of gives you a concept of some books and some styles of books and different categories that you need to be aware of as you're building your library. And again, I'm presenting this because I really want to challenge listeners to think big picture and to teach big picture. In order to do that, you're going to have to start basic and begin working your way up, but make it a yearly goal to read at least a a survey of the Old Testament and start working your way up and then get into some uh, theology of the Old Testament or some um, theologies of individual books within the Old Testament. Hope this is helpful. If you have any questions, you can feel free to email them to me, christianresearcher at gmail.com. We'd be happy to hear from you. If you um, would like to suggest a book for review or ask any other type of book-related questions, we'd be happy to take those from you as well. Thanks for tuning in today, listening in. Um, I don't know that we're going to have an episode next week because it's Labor Day week, and we're going to be involved with some uh, church activities as a result of that, but uh, Lord willing, we'll catch you again soon, and we'll be talking a survey of the New Testament volumes. Thanks. Have a great day. God bless. Better is our sacrifice. He paid, the, he paid the price, the price. He paid it all upon the cross. No longer bound by sin or with eternal loss. He took my sin and washed it away. When I was immersed in that watery grave, I heard that gospel call because he paid it all.